Welcome to the Job Shop Show, where we talk with the owners, suppliers, partners, and customers of custom manufacturers. Listen and learn the secrets of top-performing job shops, the tools, techniques, and backgrounds that have made them successful, all in the quest of raising the bar for custom manufacturing. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. This episode is sponsored by Paperless Parts, connecting buyers and suppliers of custom manufactured parts. The Paperless Platform is a secure, ITAR-compliant, cloud-based manufacturing system for suppliers that reduces the amount of time spent on sales, estimating, quoting, administration, and order processing. It offers seamless integration with the accounting and ERP software tools that shops already use, such as QuickBooks, E2, and JobBoss. Paperless Parts was founded with a mission to make manufacturing more accessible by streamlining the quote-to-cash process. Spend less time quoting and more time selling. This episode is sponsored by our friends at the NTMA, the National Tooling and Machining Association. The NTMA is an association of privately held, entrepreneurial-based, and family-owned businesses, representing nearly 1,200 small to mid-sized machine shops and tool and die shops across the country. They have approximately 30 very active regional chapters that host local events, run apprenticeship programs, and provide other services to their regional members. As an association of peers, the goal of the NTMA is to help members of the U.S. precision custom manufacturing industry achieve profitable growth and business success in a global economy through networking, workforce development and training, technology, best practices education, advocacy, programs, and services with industry partners. To learn how your company can get involved with the NTMA, including how to join, visit ntma.org. Shazam! This is Jay Jacobs. Welcome to the Job Shop Show. In the 90s, yes, the 90s, I sold CAD software and CAM software. And I had a license plate that said 3D CAD. Really, I understood back then the power of a 3D model and the information embedded in it. Today, Jeff Gorman and I get into what information can be interrogated from a 3D CAD model and then input it automatically into quoting software, how this works, and then how you can use it for design for manufacturability feedback during your quoting process based upon the parameters of manufacturability of not a generic shop, but actually to your own unique shop skill set. I built a company around using 3D data to quote and manufacture parts. And this episode will give you a glimpse of how 3D CAD model geometry speeds quoting and dramatically reduces errors. Ready? Jeff, we're back again. Good to see you. Good to see you as well, Jay. Yes, we are back after a nice holiday weekend. Yeah, it was the Labor Day weekend. And now the hammer goes down. I know our customers, shops are busy. Q4 is the highest revenue quarter of the year. And at least what I'm seeing, everybody's swamped and life is good in manufacturing. Yeah, definitely two interesting contrasting words there, swamped and life being good. But I think (laughs) I'm definitely in the same boat. I'd rather be busy and always have something to work on than, you know, the opposite of that. And I think a lot of our customers and, you know, feel the same way. I always used to like to tell folks there's good problems, there's bad problems. Yeah. Being too busy is a good problem. <laughs> Not enough work, that's a bad problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
I thought today we could get into geometry and tackle that from some different angles. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard the slogan that paperless says from time to time where it's geometry drives everything. So I think that would be an appropriate topic to talk about. We could go on, I'm sure, forever talking about geometry and, and how it relates to paperless. Well, we know that drawings, PDFs, prints are not going away, but when you have a 3D model, there is so much information because it is non-ambiguous. It tells you exactly from a geometry perspective what you've got to make. And there's a lot of information you can mine from that. Maybe we could start with what are some of the types of information when we interrogate a 3D model that is pulled out of the 3D models? then maybe why some of those pieces of information are important. Totally. When you talk about pulling information off of models, I think the first thing that we should discuss and understand is sort of how, how paperless brings models in and how they, they relate to the quote that you're working on. When you drop a part into paperless parts, you know, upload a CAD model, it, it undergoes what we call an interrogation. Mm -hmm. uh, a friendly so, and friendly interrogation. Yeah, yeah no, no cops oh. or anything like that involved. <laughs> no waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically, you know, the the system looks at the model and says, okay, what what can I identify about this part? The the most basic high level way to think about it is, you know, is this a a laser cut or, or sheet metal cut? You know, water jet cut part. Could this possibly be made on a three axis or five axis type of machine? You know, is there punch features? It looks like it's a sheet style part, but are there repeating features that might indicate they're punched out versus laser cut or water jet? Hmm. You know, does this have a radius? Is it perhaps going to be turn a turned part? Um, so that's the type of high level thought process that the interrogation undergoes, but more granularly, depending on which sort of classification the part falls into, we will process the model accordingly and identify the features that make sense to show you. So in a, in a simple sense, let's talk about a laser cut part mm -hmm. interpreted, you know, that it's a sheet. The first thing that jumps out typically on a sheet metal part would be the bends, you know, you've got to form it. Um, so mm -hmm. we would identify, you know, all of the different bend radii on the part and tell you how many of each there are. Mm -hmm. um, we would identify all the cut features on that part or potentially punched features if they're repeating style features. And then we would pull out all of the cut length, which is the sum of sort of all those cut features. And we would also identify whether or not you need to pierce, you know, that particular feature in order to cut it. Mm -hmm. um, those are all data points, I guess, that would be relevant for the purpose of estimating. And then I also like to think of, you know, the other data set that we provide, which is designed for manufacturability warnings as data that would be important to understand if you're going to actually make the part, which of course is important to understand if you're going to estimate it. But mm -hmm. let's, talk let's put that on the, on hold for the moment, because that's the whole area I think that we want to talk about. Let's keep going, though, with what we are extracting from the model. Right. So we, we just talked about a few examples that we'll pull off of a sheet metal part. And why that's useful, I guess, from an estimating perspective or a quoting perspective is chances are you're going to have to go and get that information anyway in order to produce an estimate. Mm -hmm. um, so whether you're looking at a printer model, 
you know, those critical, I guess, features would be a requirement to produce an estimate. So it's one thing to just show you that information, but we actually take it a step further and, and I'm doing air quotes here, pull it into the quote for you. Mm-hmm. So if we identify, you know, that there's bends, there's punched features, and there's perhaps some drilled holes on a sheet metal part, and then, you know, a couple of, of PEMs inserted. So we can identify all of that just by looking at the model with our two eyes. And mm-hmm. our interrogation can also identify that and, you know, bring in some supplemental in- information like what's the radius of the bend? How many radii are there? Mm-hmm. Um, so while we're doing that, we're kind of generating the correct costing steps in paperless in, in the quote that you've brought that model into. So for instance, if there's a bend, generate a bend operation or work center, if you have an ERP system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, generate our laser operation and pull in the corresponding cutting distance that we just summed up off of the model. If there's the repeating features, pull in our punch operation. We identified that there's a you know, some PEM fasteners in here. Let's bring in the PEM setting step. Mm-hmm. Um, well, while that's happening, we're also bringing in the corresponding details for the estimates. We're not just saying here are the steps you need to cost out, but we're saying, you know, you need to laser cut this part and it's, it's 220 total inches of cutting. And, you know, there's 12 different features that require you to have a pierce. So mm-hmm. you can take your cutting distance and multiply that against your cutting rate, your laser cut rate, depending on the material type and thickness, mm-hmm. and then you can multiply the number of pierces times, you know, your, your pierce time per in seconds per pierce, depending on the material type and thickness. And that would be, you know, the, the nitty gritty of what you would have to estimate for laser cutting that part. One of the things that I'm going to even step back, we extract the X, Y, and Z extents of the part. So in terms of a sheet metal part, it would be both the flat and the folded part. Machine part, obviously, it's they're sort of one and the same. You get the volume, and by knowing your material, you can calculate a weight. And that's important. You may have a upper limit of over X amount of pounds on a part. It is a no quote. Or perhaps you're even taking the block of material then the size of that, and that is affecting how your operations are put together or one operation is selected over another. So size and weight, basic information that you you can get either directly from the model or with a simple calculation. And when I think about using that information in the estimating process, a good example of what you're describing could be if a part is over a certain length, you know, you, you would know that you need two guys to load it into the machine perhaps. Mm-hmm. So then you would engage, you know, two X your hourly rate for that costing step. Right. The other piece is that if you are quoting from a spreadsheet or ERP system and you are given a 3D model or even a print, it may not have all the information, depends if it's a fully detailed print or not, then you are, if you're given the 3D model, you are going to have to figure out how to use that 3D model. You've got to have some software in-house. And a lot of times that's a seat of SolidWorks or another piece of CAD software. And there's typically a cost to that. 
and then you are manually taking those pieces of information and inputting it into your alternative way of quoting. So there's the time aspect and then there's the human error aspect because we all make mistakes. But you think about it, if the, the training time too, to get up someone up to speed on SolidWorks or Autodesk products or whatever you're using, where what I love is the viewer that is part of the estimating tool in Paperless that shows you all this information as well. And you can zoom in and out. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the, the design for manufacturing, the capability warnings that are there. But the fact that you have a viewer and you can highlight faces and features and look at a whole depth, it's a lot easier to use than CAD software. And pretty much anybody can, with a little bit of time, can get up to speed and be productive. Totally. And, you know, I'm also hearing from customers on that note and not to derail from the geometry discussion, but I'm hearing that every once in a while they'll encounter a file type that they don't have a seat for mm. or, you know, a new version of Creo or something like that. And they don't have a way to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're able to view it in paperless. So they're usually surprised when that's the case, but we support, let's see, 10 or 15 different file types, step, Jupyter, tessellation files, Autodesk files, CATIA, you know, version four and five, uh, Parasolid files, SolidWorks, Creo, you know, the, the list goes on rather. So, mm -hmm. and then of course you can view and annotate, highlight, redact, prints, PDFs, et cetera, yeah. as well in there. We used to tell folks at Rapid, if you don't give us a 3D model, we can't make the part for you because that's what enabled our speed. If you gave me a 2D print, I was bogged down. Somebody had to go in and find all the information, the unfolding that you can automatically do to get your flat, your blanks for your, your laser cutting or your punch. It's the 3D model, particularly in sheet metal with the manipulations you have to do is essential. You know, machining, once you get past a simple part, it's pretty tough to be effective without a three model as well. Totally. And then if you start thinking about large sheet metal assemblies, it's like, you know, now you got a whole list of parts basically to do what you just described for. Whereas we can kind of go and run that process in paperless when you have a model across all the different components in the assembly at once. You know, the other thing is that you can see in the viewer when you zoom in is in an assembly, if you have line to line dimensioning, that a customer provided you. And this is, this, this can bite you because if you have two parts that are dimensioned line to line and they each have a plus or minus 5,000 tolerance, if you're heavy on both of them, then the parts don't fit together anymore. So the ability to look at little things like that geometry is critical. That I think that's a good segue into the design for manufacturability feedback section. So we talked, you know, about how we, we pull basically standard or required quoting details off of the model and, and into your quote. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, Hey, you've got a bend here, but we also go a layer deeper. And for each of the different types of features that we identify, whether it's a sheet metal part, milled part, printed mm -hmm. part, even we'll yep. tell you for each of those, if 
will give you warnings on the design for manufacturability aspect of, of each feature on the model. Mm -hmm. So we'll show you, say, you know, this cut is too close to the edge. You might get warping from your laser or this bend, you know, is too, too tight of a radius. It's going to crack based on the material that you've said, mm -hmm. you know, you're making this out of. So a lot of information that, you know, I, I wouldn't even know where to go to get that information. And I didn't, grow up in a shop or haven't worked as an estimator, but I couldn't imagine, you know, how, how you would get that info unless you just knew it. Like a lot of the people that are using our tool or, so we've kind of kept well, with shops to capture. You, you learn, you, you learn the hard way. And yeah. The, that's the, I guess the institutional knowledge that at the school of hard knocks, but that's the beautiful thing is once you capture it in software once, then it's there for everyone, whether you're experienced or not. And not all of the warnings and important feedback or useful feedback is important to each shop. So all of these sort of default warnings and feature identification that we give you, you know, can be modified based on your needs or, you know, what makes sense for your shop. So the most basic way to think about that, circling back to what Jay said, is, you know, if a part's too big, we're going to tell you, hey, this is doesn't fit in your machine. So the first and most simple thing to adjust for the interrogation would be what are your machine dimensions? But it gets a lot more complex than that. Like what is the threshold for a cutout, you know, near the edge of a sheet metal part? So is it two times the thickness? Is it half the thickness? And, you know, under what parameters basically would you like us to show these warnings? Or another good one to think about is, What's your press length? So we'll identify a bend that's longer than the length of your press and make you aware of that. So not every shop has the same press and not that's why that warning has to be adjustable. Way back in the day, a couple guys, I believe this Boothroyd Dewhurst came up with DAFM design for manufacturing and they created a, or perhaps extracted out of mechanical handbooks, a lot of the rules, and they created software that allowed people within CAD systems to try to best design parts following these basic rules for manufacturing. And it was better than no rules at all. But as you're talking about, one of the things, Jeff, is that every shop is different. And the general capability, I'm not sure if they really went to the lowest common denominator. So every shop could make these parts or whether they, there was a cutoff point and there's even some shops that couldn't make parts that were designed for manufacturing. But depending what your objective is as a designer, you may actually want to violate those rules. And in fact, your shop can easily manufacture to your violation. And so what I think is really cool with what Paperless has done with design for manufacturing is we've encapsulated these basic rules and then we've made them editable and say, okay, you can go in and instead of a maximum hole depth of say eight times the diameter of the hole, or whatever the standard is, hey, we know how to do 12 times. It's not a problem for us. 
And somebody else may say, you know what, we want to cap that at six. We can do eight, but it's we, we end up breaking drills and we don't want to do that. Or even more nitty gritty, which I think is cool, is you can change it based upon material because this is all, we've talked a lot about tables in the past. And so you can relate these different pieces of information, size, weight, material, and properties of material so that you can have all these customized design for manufacturing rules. And if you get bit once in your shop, you can go in and say, you know what, we need to change this rule. And therefore, it will give us a warning in the future. Whereas what you were saying before, which is, I think, really cool, Jeff, is that this warning always comes up. It's not important to us. We can just eliminate it. And that is so slick. Uh, what else do you want to add to the design for manufacturability things that we present? I think it, you know, you really got to see it and experience it to get the full picture and, you know, get as excited about it as we well, are. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about that. And if you're the listener, yes, this is really specifically to paperless parts because this is something that's super important that nobody else is doing. And I think it needs to be really known in the industry that you can do this, that there is a tool. And it's not so much to promote paperless as to say, hey, this helps you be a better manufacturer. And right now, we're the only ones who have it from the manufacturing side. And we want people to use this. And one of the ways that you can use it is you can share it with your customers. And so there is a communication tool in, in the viewer where let's say that there's a warning instead of going back and forth by email, taking a screenshot, whatever, you can actually invite on a read-only basis someone to view a model and type them a note and they can open it up on multiple different devices. You know, all they need is a web browser and they can take a look and use the viewing tool to see exactly what you're seeing. And you may get on the phone or on a Zoom call and look at it together, but you can be spinning it and without any cost, low overhead of training, somebody it could be your customer, could be your supplier. Hey, you can resolve the issue because it goes back to what you said earlier. Geometry drives everything. And how can you have a conversation about geometry effectively if you're not actually working with the geometry? So 100%. obviously I get I get excited about this, Jeff. This is this is so important. I, I saw my my estimators and manufacturing engineers struggle with this all the time. I agree. The the external chat is cool and, and shops are using it in, in some pretty cool ways. So what you're describing, like if, if you're a prototyping shop, you're probably going to be going back and forth with your customers more frequently than another shop. Mm-hmm. And I've seen shops start using the viewer with their customers in a way that they'll send, you know, they'll externally chat. So the shop will send the model and, mm-hmm. and geometry to the customer and ask them questions about it or provide design input. And, and you can and then, highlight features, you can highlight faces. So it's, it's not the whole, you're getting the whole model, but you, it's very directed to what you want them to look at. And the buyer will upload the revision 
you know, based on the outcome of the conversation, we'll upload a revision back into paperless parts for the shop, mm-hmm. rate the quote that it's affiliated with. Yep. Um, so it saves time for both parties. You also have kind of an audit log of what went on. So you can see sort of what the first file you were working on was, and then what the second file is or so on and so forth, depending on how many revisions you're doing. Pretty neat. I've also seen instances where we even show the model on the digital quote and, mm. you know, a buyer sends in a, you a model, and then you send them the quote where they can see and spin around the part on the actual quote itself. And then someone says, wait a minute, that's the wrong part. I didn't mean to send you that. <laughs> yeah. That never happens, right? Yeah. So uh, can you talk about how it's being used in tooling suggestions? Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me to bring that up. So we recently partnered up with MSC to roll out a tool called TechMate. So right in the part viewer, you'll see a little button that says, you know, MSC. And when you click on that, you just got access to a whole team of metalworking specialists that work with MSC. So they're not sales guys. They're simply here to help with metalworking advice, whether you, you know, you have a job and you're not sure of a tool to make a specific feature, or maybe even have a repeat job and you know how to make this thing well, but perhaps you think there's a better tool that will yield you know, better costs on your end. And you can reach out to MSC and ask them any, any type of question like that. I think the team there has over a hundred years of combined metalworking. Oh, special, oh, metalworking hun- hun- hundreds of years, probably a thousand, because there's yeah. quite a few of them. Yeah the guys that are you know answering those messages but basically they respond in an average response time i think of like 10 or 12 minutes and can shoot them quick questions and get advice or even a, a tool suggestion uh, right from msc in the part viewer you know right next to the part you're you're trying to quote or maybe you've won an order and you want some help with it whatever it might be but i've seen junior estimators use this as you know step one and then they go to their boss as step mm-hmm. two need be. I've seen people benefit, you know, just from even like a tool path suggestion. So MSC doesn't even say here, buy this tool from us. They say, check out this YouTube video on how to do step milling, you know, X, Y, Z. Mm. And pretty cool conversations going on in there. Again, that's something you got to try out and experience. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things too, is you have that log of the chat as well. So if the MSC person puts a link to a YouTube video, it's captured with the part and somebody on the floor or the programmer can also access all the things that you're talking about. One of the things that's so tough in shops is the siloing of information and what I call digital islands and trying to communicate that, you know, you have to build a bridge and your bridge a lot of times in the shop is a conversation, which is a terrible bridge. Whereas if you have the continuity so that if you've got somebody on third shift, and I'm saying third shift because obviously you're at home sleeping, then you don't lose what you've already put into the part. And that keeps the jobs going. It makes things happen faster. And ultimately makes you more productive and efficient as a shop and allows you to keep your costs down. Yeah. And even further on that, talking about the ability to move info 
you know, digitally and cross-functionally where like your whole team can see it. You can literally upload an MP4 video into the paperless parts viewer. So you could take mm -hmm. a video of how you set something up, upload it as a supporting file to a part, pass it off to the next guy, or even send it. Like if you have a tool chattering, you could send it to MSC and see if they have any input on mm -hmm. it. Yep. Anything like that. And regardless of whether you're using paperless or anything else, God, if you're not taking videos and using that, particularly in production, you know, documenting your setup so you can watch something on 2x, 4x speed, it's the ability with video and pictures to attach those to geometry is so, it's an uber productivity tool. Definitely. Let's get into another thing that I really think is cool, and that is geometry matching. And I remember at Rapid, we would often quote the same part for different customers, and we didn't want to favor one customer over the other. But if you had one estimator who didn't know the other estimator was quoting the part, you could have a variance in the pricing. So let's say you quoted five shops. You're not going to get the same price in all five shops. Every estimator is going to come up with a slightly different price. And there might even be a, a, a great difference in price. And therefore, you're affecting your customer's ability to win a job from their customer. So one of the things I love about geometry matching is the ability to know if that part is already in your system. Have you quoted it and or made it before. Where does that come up? How do you access that? 100%. Great, great question. And definitely, you know, something that I see people benefit from a lot in paperless parts. So right when you upload a part to paperless, just like how we're running an interrogation on that model, we're also searching essentially for that same geometry in your existing part library. We're mm -hmm. also looking for, of course, if it's a PDF, we don't have geometry to match on, but we'll look for text match on the PDF, you know, for a file name, et cetera, mm. and present that information to you, you know, rate with a blue indicator on, you know, on the quote, something that jumps out and say you know, X number of matching parts are found view history. And right there, you can pop open a drawer with all your quoted history of that part. If you're using an ERP system that's integrated to paperless, we'll also let you know that we've located this job. If you've mm -hmm. got one, and allow you to bring in, you know, the appropriate information relating to that job. You know, how many units was it? What was the date? What was the material cost? What was the inside labor cost, et cetera? Um, so really point you in the right direction to that matching part. And what's important to note and understand is it's not just a part number match, right? So yeah, people, it's, it's the geometry. Number, right. All those features and all of that geometric feedback that we were talking about earlier and things like you know, volume, surface area, weight or density, depending on the material that you've got. Those are all like parameters we could use to identify matching parts. Yes, but also similar parts, which mm. could be of use to you too. And maybe it, someone... Absolutely. Let's, so let's say your estimator left you and you quoted a part a year ago and someone else is quoting the part. They don't remember that you made that part before. And it's an up rev so the geometry is slightly different we have the ability to show you that we have a 
not exact geometry match, but a close geometry match. Right. And make it really easy to pull up all of the historical information associated with it onto, you know, a second screen or a new tab and work alongside it. You can even copy pricing directly from that old quote or the, the prior order, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Or you can kind of pull it up side by side and use it as a reference point. And maybe you need to just update your material costs or something like that. Yep. But- well, and let's say you're making parts for contract manufacturer and the customer switches contract manufacturers. You don't know that perhaps you're getting an RFQ. These parts look familiar. It's all right there. So it doesn't have to be the same customer. We give you, we, that's part of the, the parcel that you get with the geometry matches. It, it's either exact or similar. And we give you the customer name, the part number. It, none of that stuff may be the same. The only thing that's the same or very similar is the geometry. Exactly. And that is super helpful. God, I, I, I had more than my share of conversations where I had egg on my face trying to backtrack why we were up 25% on pricing on a part. And obviously we shouldn't have been, but I had to come up with a good story rather than uh, we, we just screwed up. So relating to this discussion and, and underrated in my opinion, in terms of a feature at paperless parts is also our search feature. So geometry aside, when you talk about retrieving, you know, historical data, we have what we call an elastic search function or a global search function. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to, you know, just start typing, whether it's a couple of words or, you know, part of a part number or, Mm -hmm. you know, start typing a customer name and we're going to search everything in your paperless parts instance for matches and present them to you in order of relevance and also sort of categorize them like is this a quote that your search returned is this an order that your search returned is it a part or a file you know show you all that information and link you right to it Hmm. which i i think is a cool feature and you can typically find whatever it is you're looking for with that tiny bit of information that you can recall even chats with your team. You know, if you're having a conversation with another estimator or something like that, you can search through those and get, get to it really quick. Do you have to do a separate search for chats or is that part of the elastic search? That's part of the search. And you know, that it's designed in a way that we think that you probably don't remember what you're trying to find or exactly what it is. You just have that tidbit of information that you want to search on and we're not going to, you know, restrict any of the results. We'll show you all of it and then we'll apply a category to it and you can choose. I'm only looking for chats and then you can kind of drill down into chats that you gotcha. before. That's super powerful. Yeah. Any ways beat in particular in a beat searching in an ERP system from what I've heard. Yeah. Can you give me some specific stories relating to customers and how they have use some of these geometry tools we've talked about or ways that you've helped them change the way that they're quoting through the use of geometry. There's there's a million ways that customers are using this stuff out there for the purpose of estimating, but I could, you know, list off a few cool use cases. Yeah, let's do it. I've seen seen recently. So just this is relating to assembly sheet metal work now. Just recently, I helped a customer get set up with some new pricing formulas. And what they wanted to do was 
within a sheet, when quoting a sheet metal assembly, they wanted to generate a work center step basically for each unique type of fastener in the assembly. So they do it this way because they have to capture the cost of each setup, depending on the, you know, the type of fastener. Mm-hmm. And then they, each fastener will have a different runtime effectively or installation time. So, and they also want to represent the data this way in their ERP system. So that when it gets out to the floor, you know, the routing says what needs to get done. So what, what we did was basically set up a formula that pulls into their quote, you know, looks at the assembly and pulls into their quote, a work center step for each unique type of hardware in the assembly. And then also counts up, you know, the number of that said hardware and kind of does all the costing math for them. So they're already maintaining their inventory in paperless mm-hmm. and they have a piece price or unit cost for it, or they're getting it. And we, I'm surprised we didn't think to bring this up when we talk about geometry and leveraging that, or they're finding this fastener in PEMS library. So for any fastener that we identify on an assembly file, mm-hmm. we're going to take the actual CAD of that and search it in Penn Engineering's library and say, here's, you know, here's the fastener that's on your model and here's how much it costs. So and we're more- doing a exact geometry match of the fastener or taking the geometry of the quoted part matching it to the PEM library is an exact match. This is the fastener. This is the price and availability. Yeah. So even if you're the buyer, the designer didn't label the part numbers correctly for the components that Mm. were in fact PEM fasteners, if it's an exact geometric match, we'll find it in PEM's library and present it to you or a suggested piece of hardware in place of it. Great. And you can you can get inventory from several different suppliers of those fasteners and, and see that kind of live in the app as well as the cost. So pretty cool stuff. That's a newer feature to paperless parts and, and people are seeming to get a lot of value out of that. It just takes what's a mundane task, but important and, and makes it a whole lot easier and quicker. And- yep. I like to say automate the rote so you can free up people to do value add. It's not not that elegant a saying, but you get the point. <laughs> so uh, another cool one that we just did with a different sheet metal shop was basically, you know, they they got set up with paperless parts, and the estimator found himself, you know, he's having his quotes populate for the most part right where he needed them to be, but for particular sheet metal parts, when there was a hemming step, you know, a hem on the part. He mm-hmm. found himself having to identify that with his two eyes and then add the step onto his quote. Mm. And so, well, we, you know, we can identify that there's a hem and bring in that, that step for you. And he didn't know that. So that that's what we did. We went and set him up, you know, with a new rule basically in his formula. And all that was, was to say, if there's a hem, I got to generate my hem step. And then he also has to press the hem, I guess, after he performs the hem. So it's two, two work center steps basically mm-hmm. that are getting generated. And maybe there's not a massive cost for either of those two steps, but just something that's really easy to miss or forget. Do we, in our interrogation, come up with that it's an open hem or a closed hem, or do we only come up with that it's a hem? We do... And if you hear me typing, I'm 
probably pulling up our help docs and checking, but we, we do close an open hem. So I'm quite positive from my recollection of getting him set up with that. Yeah. So the closed hem would be what has the additional press step. I right. Believe. Yep. You gotta, you want to do it and then flatten it. Yeah. Yep. So and now that's, it, and that's super important because that's, that costs money if you don't catch it in the quote. Yeah. And even beyond that, like, how do you get someone else estimating and trained on stuff like that? Like it, these are just minute things to, to remember to have to do and look for. It seems almost impossible to get someone onto that, you know, level of expertise for the purpose of quoting. In the quote, because I haven't used it for quoting sheet metal parts in a while, if you automatically populate your operation with a hem, a hemming operation in there, is there a way that links that to the geometry on the model? Absolutely. And ideally, it's happening the other way around. Ideally, you're dropping in the model and we're saying you need a hemming step. Here. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you are a junior estimator and go, oh, I didn't see the hemming step. Where is that in the model? Can you click on it? And then it'll take you to the model where the hemming step is. Yes. So you can pop open the viewer and you know check off any one of these both of the design for manufacturability features and you know the estimate features for for lack of a better better term. So you ah, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, Jeff. You, you never mentioned you can turn on all the features that are populating the operations in your quote. This is huge. Yeah, well, I guess it, that <laughs> it's so commonplace, you just don't think about it, but but that's huge. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't bring it up because that's sort of like a backwards process for me. I would I wouldn't want anyone to have to go and and check or do that due diligence. Of course, you should be doing it anyways. But well, ideally, if you, know, you are there. if you're learning though, I mean, think about this. You could get a new hire and say, go through these ten quotes and see how the operations are ordered, and look at the model and see where the operations are being derived from and what a super fast way to get someone to start be familiar with geometry with the operations without having to have another person there teaching them i love that that's hands-on that's that's like video game geometry learning for sheet metal or machining yeah i sort of feel that way sometimes too when i'm in here messing around or you know getting pricing formulas set up or anything like that. It's definitely a, an inviting, I guess, environment for a junior, you know, what, what the age I'd expect a junior estimator to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great interface. Any last thoughts, comments? What can I interrogate or extract from you regarding geometry, Jeff? What I would say is if anyone's curious about, you know, what they heard today or doesn't know about any of the features that we talked about and is already using paperless parts, go to our help pages. It's help.paperlessparts.com. Search for the words geometry or interrogations, and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll show you some good insightful articles on what that's all about. And if you have questions beyond that, you can reach out to our support team at support at paperlessparts.com. Or if we're in touch, let's talk about it more in our next call. This was a good one. I really appreciate the insights you provided, some good examples, and geometry drives everything. Let's leave it there. Cool. Thank you for having me today, Jay. Yeah.
Good as always. Take care, Jeff. All right, folks. Until next time, keep those lasers cutting and those spindles turning. And have a super day. Thanks for listening to the Job Shop Show podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I read every single one, it also helps me understand what content matters most to you. Thanks again for listening to The Job Shop Show.